Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father for our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love. Chosen. Everyone say chosen. chosen. That word chosen got my attention because when I saw the word chosen, it made me to understand that God hand-picked me. I'm going to say chosen. Another word for chosen would be preferred. Another word would be picked. Another word would be selected. Selected. To be holy. Another word jumped out at me, called. Billions of people on the planet. God chose you to be holy. Preferred you to be holy. Picked you to be holy. Selected you to be holy. And called you to be holy. Touch your neighbor and tell him you've been called to be holy. You're called to it. And so my topic this morning is called to be holy. Called to be holy. Head bowed and eyes closed. Father, I sense your anointing in this place now. Saturate me with the gift of speaking that I might be able to carefully articulate the word of God with precision this morning. Help me to reach deep into the cracks and the crevices of men's hearts 
that they might hear the word of God. Now, Lord, you know I can't speak without you. I'm, I'm a bumbling fool without you. And unless you anoint me to say something, I cannot say anything. And so I thank you for the gift to speak to the body of Christ this morning. Now bless the ears of the hearer that they might hear the word of God. Not just hear, but become doers of what they heard this morning. Grant us grace this morning. Hide our flesh behind the cross. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, you may be seated in the presence of the anointing of God. Called to be holy. You and I have been chosen, preferred, picked, selected, and called to be holy. Someone says, Pastor Mitchell, I don't know if God picked the right person. I, I don't know if he selected the right person. I don't know if he, if he preferred the right person. I don't even know if he chose the right person. And certainly, I don't feel called to be holy because of the amalgamation of things, the gross uh, amount of things in my life that would cause me or to disqualify me from being holy. I don't know if I'm really called to be holy. I have learned over the years, however, that when God calls something or someone to be anything that he does not necessarily worry about the present condition of the thing or the one that he has called. Why is that Pastor Mitchell? Because God, because God, our great God, whatever he has called, he knows he has the ability to make it whatever he has called it. This is what I love about God. I love this about God, that God never speaks to where I am now. He's always talking to me about my future, never about my present condition. With that being said, I want to encourage the body of Christ not to worry about where you are now so much because if God called you to be holy, please know that he has the power to make you what he called you. And it may take him five years, it may take him ten years, it may take him 15 years, that may take him 20 and 25 and 30 years, but before life is through, God is going to get the glory, sir. He's going to get the glory, ma'am. He's going to get the glory out of your life. Why? Because you've been called to be holy. Let's get some definition going. Write this down. Holiness or holy. What is holiness or what is considered to be holy? To be holy means to be separated. It means to set apart for the service of another. It means exclusivity. It means that you have been designated it means you have a particular standard. Let me give you those again. Holy. To be holy means to be separated, to, to set apart for the service of another. Exclusivity, designated, a particular standard. When you are a holy person, you have been separated for the cause of Christ. That means you don't do everything that comes to mind. Why? Because you have been picked out, preferred, chosen, selected, called out for
for this particular purpose to be holy. Holiness is not a topic that's very popular in the church today and many people don't like to hear about holiness. But here at Changing Lives Christian Center every now and then I think it's important as we continue to grow numerically and spiritually that we go back to holiness. Because the church is called to be holy. In my walk of faith, renovation must occur then that challenges my mind and my heart. Renovation must occur in my walk of faith. If renovation does not occur in my walk of faith, I will never achieve a holy lifestyle. Because I want to tell you something this morning, you can be saved and not be holy. You can speak in tongues and not be holy. You can sing and shout and not be holy. And there's great pressure from the adversary. Great pressure from the adversary. To rock the church to sleep. Where we don't talk about holiness... We don't discuss it. I wish I was in a real church this morning. I'm going to teach this thing this morning. Go to Ephesians with me, chapter 2. Because renovations must occur. Renovation must occur. I cannot just be saved and not change. I cannot name the name of Christ and there is no change. Renovation on any building brings about a change in that building. And in our walk of faith, it is critical that while we walk with God, we allow the Word and the Spirit of God to change us. Everyone say change. Look at verse chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past we walked according to the course of this world. In times past, Pastor Mitchell, why a renovation in my walk of faith? Because in times past, I walked in accordance to the world system. When, when I was in the world, everybody was drinking and so were you. Then when you were in the world, everybody was sleeping around and so were you. In the world, everybody was, when I was in the world, everybody was cheating on their taxes, and so were you. So the Bible is teaching us here that we walk according. That word according is an interesting word. It just comes from that word accordion, which means to play in harmony. When the chords are played in harmony, it makes a beautiful sound. That means they are working together in conjunction with one another. We walked in conjunction with the world system and we were in the flow of the world system. Do you see that? You know, everybody had a boyfriend in the world system. And when you had a boyfriend, it was just like being married. There was no restrictions on him. You gave him everything you would give your husband, which is part of the reason why marriages don't work today, because you've given up everything so often that by the time you get a husband, don't mean anything. I'm teaching real good already. 
I could say something here, but I'm on radio and television. I want to be appropriate, but I'm going to say it anyway because I feel led to say, ladies, keep those legs closed until he marries you. If he don't put a ring on it, he can't touch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he can watch you. He can look at you. He can fantasize all he want, but until he says, here's a ring, and I do, he can't come anywhere near it. Because you're no longer walking according to the world system. Paul says in times past, we walked according to the world system, but we've come into a new order of things. Where in times past, verse 2, you, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. Now I want to echo that word conversation. If you're called to holiness, your conversation changes along with your behavior patterns. You not only stop sleeping around, but you stop talking about sexual activity and you got no man to express it with. Your girlfriends are talking about it. You don't talk about it. You leave the room. You leave the lunch table. You leave the environment. You get away from it. Why? Because I'm called to holiness. It's not that I'm trying to be deep. It's not that I'm trying to be spiritual. It's not that I'm trying to act like I'm better than everybody else. It's just that I am called to holiness. I've been preferred to be holy. I've been chosen to be holy. I've been picked out to be holy. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God chose me. And the Bible said he not only chose me when I was born, he chose me before the foundation of the world. This wasn't a random choice like the way we make choices. We make it based on how people feel about us. And we make choices based on how people look and how they treat us and what they got on. We'll make a choice. But when God makes a choice, God makes a real choice. God's not like your friends. Your friends make choices based on what you do for them. God doesn't make it on fickled feelings. Man's feelings are fickled and frail. People will love you today and hate you tomorrow. Prefer you today and not prefer you tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when your father chose you, he made a solid choice. In fact, man, when they choose you, they make a decision based on what they know about you. And then when they get to know you, they unchoose you. But God is not like that. God read the whole scale before he ever chose you. He knew everything about you and then he chose you. My God, I wish somebody would give God a praise right there. I wish somebody would clap their hands right there. That's a praise moment right there that he knew everything about you but he still chose you anyway. Called to be holy. Among whom also we had our conversation in times past and the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That means anything we thought about doing that was pleasurable, we just do it. Somebody say, it, it's my life and this is what I want to do. And it is your life, but I want to tell you something. You're going to give an account for that life one day. And I want to encourage you this morning not to flow with your mind. Your mind. God, the mind. Has anybody ever stopped and thought about what is going on in my mind? Do I have a hundred real people in this building this morning that's ever stopped and said, I'm saved? Where did that come from? Uh, I just left church yesterday and pastor preached to me and the anointing spoke to me. Where did that 
come from? Have you ever backed up and challenged your own mind? And you're saying, somebody must have put that in my mind because that can't be my thought. I want to encourage you not to flow with your mind because your mind is an enemy against the anointing of God. Your mind is not your friend. In fact, I want to tell you, when you get saved, you have to renew that mind. Because you made a conscious decision with your heart. You made a conscious decision to, to follow Jesus with your heart. But if you're not careful, your mind will talk you out of the conscious decision you made with your heart. Your mind is powerful business. Your mind can take you places you've never been. I could go deeper with that. I could go deeper with that. I, I could go much deeper with that. Your mind can put you in places you've never been and put you with people you've never been and put you in circumstances and situations you've ever been. Touch your neighbor and tell him you have to watch that mind. Mm -hmm. It says, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even of others. But God, but God, who is rich, who is plenteous in mercy, and how many people needed all of God's mercy to get right with God? For his great love wherewith he loved us. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you some other things here. I'm laying some foundations. I'm talking to you about called to be holy. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. In my Bible, I underline the word heart because I believe that there's an umbilical cord, umbilical cord attached from your heart to your mind. You have to be careful. A three-way umbilical cord. What's in your mind gets into your heart and ultimately comes out of your mouth. When you're called to be holy, you cannot run with everybody because everybody's not talking righteous. And words are seeds. And words enter your spirit in three ways. Either comes out of your mouth, into your heart, enters through your earlobe, into your heart, or enters through the eye gate, all lodged right in the heart. When you're called to be holy, you have to be careful who you allow yourself to listen to. Why? Because I've been preferred to be holy and words are seeds. And I cannot allow the words to get into my ear gate and pollute my heart. I have to be careful who I run with because they're not speaking the same things I'm speaking. I'm speaking about righteousness. They're speaking about the guy they slept with last night. It enters my heart. I have to be careful what I watch and what I view and what I see because what I see goes through my eyes and enters my heart and pollutes my garden. This is the plan of the enemy. It's not an old plan. It's not a new plan. It's an old plan. He contaminated Adam's garden. God gave Adam the garden and Lucifer snuck in. The way he sneaks in now is through the ear gate. 
He sneaks it now through the eye gate. While you're chalking it all up as entertainment, he's weaving his way into your garden. While you're having casual conversations with your unrighteous friends, he's weaving his way through your mouth and he's lodging what you're saying into your heart. Touch your neighbor and tell him, you have a garden in you. He's, he's trying to penetrate the garden. When Adam lost the garden, he lost a natural garden. That's the first Adam, but the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. And when Jesus, the last Adam, his obedience nullified nullified what the first Adam's act did and Christ's obedience to the Father restored the garden to all of us. But now the garden is no longer external. The garden is now internal. Touch your neighbor and tell him, you have a garden in you. You have a garden in you. And when you are called to be holy, you must understand that your Father knows what's best for you. He's not calling you to be holy just because he has nothing else to do. He's trying to protect your garden from being content Contaminated. Look at verse 18. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Lasciviousness simply means unrestrained action. We used to care about it. We no longer care about it. We, we, we used to be able to sleep around. You used to be able to commit fornication and feel terrible about it. You'd run to the church house on Sunday morning and throw yourself at the foot of the cross. Now people sleep out on a Saturday night and come right to church on Sunday morning and sing in the choir. Young ladies will sleep out on Sunday morning, come right to the church and usher on Sunday means nothing to us now. It's no big deal. Lasciviousness. Unrestrained action. It used to be something that used to be pulling you and it was a tug on war with you and there was a fight going on. Now there's no fight. It's just unrestrained action. The fight's over. We no longer have it at the foot of the cross. We, we're just uncontrolled now. Out of control. Lasciviousness. To work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so that ye have had heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversations. We're back to that again. The old man or the old man. Everybody say the old man. And I don't need to go into the old man because you know you got some old stuff in you. And before I read one more word, I'm going to get everybody to confess that your old man is really terrible. Touch your neighbor and tell him your old man is a mess. Your old man is, and, and don't sit up in the church and act like you don't know what your old man is. Your old man is crude, wicked, evil, nasty, and perverted. You know you got some nasty, dirty, low-down mess in you. That old man, when your old man is so nasty and dirty, you don't want to see any old friends. Now that you say, because you're afraid they might bring up your old mess. But now God is trying to get you to live right, and you got to put away old people. I wish I had a witness. You have to put away old people out of your life because old people want to take you back to where they met you. That's good. They want to pick up where they left off. But you need to turn around and tell your old friends, I've been called to holiness. I'm called to be holy now. I found out that I was preferred when I was nasty and whorish and... 
I didn't know I was called and preferred, but now that I know I'm called and preferred, I can't run with you anymore unless you make some major adjustments in your life. Do I have a witness in here? Verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Saved, but your mind is messed up. Now, let me teach this effectively this morning. When you get saved, your spirit gets saved, but your mind is still the same. And I'm saying that twofold. Number one, to make you to understand that you have to renew the mind. But on the other hand, to encourage you not to leave God after you've made a choice to make him your Lord and Savior. Don't leave God when you still see old things in you. Because God's not through with you yet. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. God's not through with you yet. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you may put on the new man. Everybody say the new man. Can I tell you something? The old man really don't go away. That's a good teaching statement right there. The, the old man doesn't go away. I, I, I wish I could tell you that, that while you're being renewed in your mind, the old man has died and is buried. When Paul talks about death, he's not necessarily talking about that he's buried. He's talking about he's apprehended, tied up. <laughs> he's still breathing, but you don't let him run free. Thoughts still enter your head. You're called to be holy now. But thoughts still enter your head. When thoughts enter your head, you just release them. In fact, I believe to be an effective born-again believer, you have to learn how to flush real good. When thoughts enter that head, you have to say, no, devil, I've been called to be holy. That's got to go. we got to flush that out. That cannot stay. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm doing that because I'm called to be holy. Yeah, yeah, I'm called to be holy. Do you see that? And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness, which is right standing, and true holiness. True holiness got my attention because if the Bible talks to me about true holiness, must mean that there's a false holiness. If, if scripture talks to me about true holiness, must mean there is a false holiness. True holiness happens as you renovate your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of Christ that what? You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, called to be holy, and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. Paul goes on in verse 2 to say, and be not what? Conform to this world's thinking. That's what he means, world. When I was growing up in the church, they told me the world was pants and earring and makeup. But as I matured in Christ, I found out that there's so many other worlds to conquer. That's not what the scripture is referring to. It's talking about the world system because Paul echoes it in verse 2 when he says, And be not conformed to the world's, to this world's thinking. 
but be transformed how by the renovation the renewing of my mind so it teaches me that true holiness has everything to do with what's going on in my head and not necessarily the color of my fingernail polish when you begin to focus on fingernail polish you're fooling around with false holiness You start fooling around with pants and whether or not that's holy, that's false holiness. Because you cannot wear pants and wear your skirt adhesive tape to the floor and wear no fingernail polish and be just as nasty. Touch your neighbor again. Tell him we've been called to be holy. Yeah. True holiness has to do with the condition of your mind which affects your spirit which is your heart which eventually will leak out of your mouth understand this that your mouth is always speaking what your heart is leaking I know people with long dress and no makeup and no fingernail polish and they're the nastiest people you ever want to meet in your life they hate everybody can't get along with anybody in the church don't like anybody but themselves but they're they have on a long skirt Touch your name and tell them that's false holiness. That's false holiness. Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Touch your name and tell them we've been called to be holy. Four things to know about holiness. Write these down. Holiness requires parameters. Holiness requires parameters. There's no such thing as being holy and you have no parameters. I want you to write this word down with holiness. Write this word down. It's a huge word. It's a big word. It's a college word. You have to be very cerebral to understand this word. Write this word down. The word is no. Yeah, write that down. No, no. Yeah, write that down. That's important. That's a big word that every believer, every person in their walk of faith must understand and apply to their walk of faith. That word is no. When, when you have been called to be holy, no is going to be critical. No, I'm not going to the club with you. No, I'm not drinking with you. No, we're not hanging out at your house, Dexter, until two in the morning. I shouldn't have said Dexter. I have a security man here. One of my security personnel is Dexter. Not you, Brother Dexter. Another Dexter. Everybody holler, no. no. Holiness requires parameters. Now, never confuse holiness or salvation, I should say. Never confuse salvation with holiness. Never do that. Salvation is an event. Holiness is a lifestyle. So if that is indeed true, and it is, holiness requires some lifestyle changes. Holiness requires some lifestyle changes. That, that means I'm no longer sleeping around. I knew the church was going to get quiet there. I'm coming down. Yeah, that, that, means, that means you're no longer sleeping around. 
Now, now I'm, I'm not negating the fact that you're human and your body calls for some things. I understand all of that. I want, to, I want to teach practically and effectively. I don't want to be raunchy and I don't want to be crass, but I do want to be effective. Amen. Your body calls for some things. I understand that God made you that way and you don't want to pray and ask God to take away your sexuality because one day you're going to need it. So, so don't ask him to take it from you, but ask God to cause you or give you the grace to be able to control your sexuality. Because you want to keep it. You want those feelings. But you want to ask God to help you to control it where it doesn't have you, you have it. Do you see that? So that means adultery is out of the question. You run into a married woman, I don't care what she says, she's off limits. Touch your neighbor and say, she's off limits. She's off limits. Sisters, he's off limits. He got a ring on. He's married. He's off limits. And even if he does not, even if he's not wearing a ring, ask him, are you married? Not that you would sleep with him because you're not going to sleep with him either way because he's not your husband. But just for information purposes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now those are the big sins we like to talk about. We, we like to talk about homosexuality and lesbianism. Those are the big things we talk about. Now, and I don't, I don't mind talking about lesbianism and homosexuality because we love everybody. I'm sure we have some lesbians here. I'm sure I have some homosexuals, some homosexuals as, as members of my church. And I'm glad to have them. Do we love them here at Changing Life? We love everybody. Put your hands together. We love everybody here. Now don't do that because you didn't clap like you mean it. You didn't, you didn't clap like you meant it. Yes, Pastor, we do. No, you just made us look bad on TV. Put your hands together. We love everybody here at Changing Lives. We love everybody. We love everybody. Yeah. We love everybody. They're no different than the fornicator. They're no different than the liar. They're no different than the cheater. Some people don't like to hear that because we want to put big sins up in front of the church and small sins we keep in the back in the closet. But the reality is God looks at all of it as sin. It's inappropriate, it's inappropriate behavior all across the board. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, want, I don't want to talk too much about the church, uh, the big sins. I want to talk to you about the church sins. I call them church sins, like lying. In the name of the Lord. I want to talk to you about murmuring. Church sins. When you're called to holiness, you put all that aside. If, if you are a born-again believer and you're still murmuring, backbiting, backstabbing, sowing discord, salvation that's an event but holiness is a lifestyle and and being holy requires lifestyle changes do you see that all right first Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 um, 
We, we've been taught here at Changing Lives that words controls a man's thinking. If you, if you want to know how to control people's thinking, fill them up with words, positive words, negative words. Words control thinking. That's important to know. Sometimes when some of our people are, are struggling with their sexuality, it has everything to do with who they run with. They're not bad people, but the crowd that they run with. If, if, you're, if you're a man and you struggle with your sexuality, the worst thing you can do is run with another man who's struggling with his. Do you see that? That's the worst thing you can do. Find a man who's clear about who he is and run with him because iron sharpeneth iron. And, and you'll be able to cross-pollinate with that person. And God can help you to be delivered from the thing you're struggling with. Because you're cross-pollinating with someone who's healthy in that area. Do you see that? I want to challenge the sisters who struggle with that as well. Be careful who you run with. Be deliberate with who you run with. Amen? Amen. That goes for everything. If, if, if you're a liar, don't run with another liar. And, and let me just say this very quickly. Change of Lives has over 700 and something members. I, I guarantee you that if a liar came to Changing Lives and joined the church, I, I would give it anywhere between 90 days in 180 days and it's guaranteed that within that period of time they would hook up with the other liars <laughs> now I'm, I'm teaching real good right here because I'm saying something have you noticed that all, all the homosexuals run with each other all the lesbians run with each other all the liars run with each other all the backbiters all the murmurers all Whenever a murmurer approaches somebody who's not a murmurer and they realize they're not a murmurer, they're not attracted to them anymore. The, the attraction is gone. Do you see what I'm saying? Holiness requires parameters. The ability to say no is important. All right, point number two. Holiness requires me to maintain a righteous position. A righteous position. Turn to Second Chronicles with me. A righteous position. When you are a holy person, your position has everything to do with how God feels about it. You maintain a righteous position. In other words, you're not making decisions based on the opinions of people, others, or yourself. Everything is filtered through the word of God. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14 makes it clear. It says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Watch this. And turn from their wicked ways. Stop there. That's all I want from that. The word I want to isolate out of that is the word wicked. Because when you look up the word wicked, you will see that the word wicked speaks to being contrary to God's word. You see that? Wickedness. Are you sure about that? Yes, I've given you this analogy before, but I'll give it again. Moses sent out spies to spy out the land. 
the Bible said of the 12 that returned, 10 of them had an evil report. Evil, wicked, same thing. Why was it evil? Why was it wicked, Pastor Mitchell? Because it was contrary to the promise that God had given them. God said, the land is yours. When God says something is yours, when God speaks something, said this is how it is, and you come back on the other side with something contrary, it becomes wicked, it becomes evil. Why? Because it did not line up with what God said. You see that? To live a holy lifestyle, you must filter everything through the word of God. Filter all of it. Your boyfriend has got to be filtered. Oh, that's good right there. I'm going to pause right there because I see the temperature rising in the building. Your girlfriend has to be filtered. Your job has to be filtered. Everything must be filtered through the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Holiness requires me to maintain a righteous position. Righteous. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6 says, In all thy ways, what? Acknowledge him. Everything has got to be filtered through him. Point number three, holiness requires me to relinquish ownership of myself. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The body of Christ is struggling with this one. Part of the reason why people do not live holy is because they are not allowing God to sit on the throne of their lives they have kicked God out of the throne and they've become God over their own lives. God's no longer running their lives. They're running it. Amen. But I want to tell you this morning that you do not belong to yourself. You are bought with a price. Yes. I'm going to let that simmer for a second. Touch your neighbor and tell him you are not your own. Look at 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, please. For ye are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry and ye are God's building. I like that. I chose to use that. You are God's building. Everybody said God's building. The construction company that built this church knows everything about this building. They built it. If I want to know where the sewage line is, all I have to do is call the contractor. He'll tell me where the sewage line is right under this floor, somewhere under the floor. The drain that empties the baptismal tank is running onto the floor. All the wires in this building, I don't know where all of them are, but if I call the contractor, if I call the builder, he can tell me where everything is. Do you know that God built you? God made you. He knows every single thing about you. More, moreover, God owns you. Everyone, put, the, put your hand on your chest. Put your hand on your chest. Let's make this declaration. Because the, the devil does not want you to confess this. Put your hand on your chest. Say, I, do not I do not belong to myself. Belong to myself. God owns me. If God owns you, that means you've got to stop sleeping around. You have to stop lying, cheating, murmuring, backbiting, backstabbing. 
and so on and so forth because you've been called to be holy somebody say I'm called to be holy go to Ephesians chapter 6 let's cover some ground Ephesians chapter 6 because I want to get to something here Ephesians 6 and verse 19 it says what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God mm, see that and ye are not your own for ye are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are whose which are whose which are God's your body does not belong to yourself so sisters when he wants to touch your body without a ring tell him I can't give that to you my body does not belong to me Ten sisters in the whole church said amen. <laughs> Point number four. Holiness requires a consistent diet of God's word. Write that down. Holiness requires a consistent diet of God's word. Psalms chapter 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways but by taking heed to the word of God taking heed to the word of God. Pastor, I have salvation. Yes, you have salvation, but salvation is an experience. Holiness is a daily occurrence. Salvation is a miracle. That is true, but holiness is a planned event. Pastor, but I have salvation. Yes, holiness is God's, I'm sorry, salvation is God's grace. But holiness is my decision. Holiness is a decision. Do you see that? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21. Make a note of that. Galatians 2 and verse 21. Paul talks about it here. Let's, let's take a look at it. Galatians chapter 2, please. Because God wants his people to be holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21. Salvation is God's grace, but holiness is my decision. Galatians 2 and verse 21. Look at verse 21. I am crucified, Paul says, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Salvation is God's grace, but holiness is my decision. When I fail to make a righteous decision towards holiness, I run the risk of frustrating the grace of God. When I refuse to make righteous decisions concerning my holiness, I run the risk of frustrating the grace of God. I'm going to say that again. When I refuse to make righteous decisions concerning my holiness, I run the risk of frustrating the grace of God. God says, stop messing with her. You're still messing with her. God says, stop going over that boy's house. You're still going over that boy's house. God says, stop lying, stop murmuring, stop backbiting. 
there are people in this building that are on the verge of frustrating the grace of God. Holiness. God said, be holy for I, the Lord your God, I'm holy. Look up here, don't look down. You'll give yourself away. You must be holy, church, look at me. You must be holy, look at me. You must be holy. When you're holy, you don't wear your skirt or the top of your blouse so far down that we can see things we shouldn't see. I'm coming down because I'm going to be real practical right here. Because as long as I'm reading scriptures, you're going to say, Amen, Pastor. Amen. Until you ring people's doorbell, they, they don't understand. Sisters, while I don't endorse legalism in the old church, you couldn't wear pants and jewelry and makeup. They caught you in pants, jewelry and makeup. They'd drag you to the front of the altar and pray the Holy Spirit into you. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. That's in the old church. I grew up in the old church. And, but I found out that did not work. Because in some sense, it did produce a certain level of morality, but it wasn't real righteousness. Because we made you do it. And you did it on Sunday, but on Monday you were somebody else. And so indirectly, we trained you to be a hypocrite. We played a role in that. What we should have taught you is not to get hooked on rules and regulation, but rather get hooked on the love of God. When you do the right thing out of love for God, your, your holiness becomes pure. Do you see that? When you're holy, you do not wear your pants so tight. that we can see lines we shouldn't be seeing. If I can see the entire outline of your body, when you put your pants on, you are not being modest. That is not holiness. While I do not endorse legalism, I do endorse moderation. If you are going to wear your pants, wear it in moderation. Now let me go on over to the skirts because I've seen some skirts that are worse than pants. At least the pants covered the whole leg. It was very tight, but it covered up everything. But now a woman walks in the church. She has on a tight outfit. I mean, it's tight. And to top it off, is short. And then to top it off, it has a split in it. Oh, this is good teaching for the body of Christ that nobody really wants to hear. I know this won't sell a lot over the airwaves. I know it won't sell a lot, but touch your neighbor and tell them, this is right. This is right. This is right. Sisters, it's not, it's not holy for you to come to church with your pants so tight you cannot sit down. It's so tight when you get home, your thighs are sweating. Yeah, I'm not being... I'm not being comical I'm being real this is true touch your neighbor and tell them this goes on in the house of God this goes on this goes on this is true 
When, when you're holy, you, 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 you don't shack anymore. I'm coming down for this. A woman comes to church, makes Christ the Lord of her life. She's in a situation where she's living with a man she's not married to. Turns her heart over to Jesus Christ. She goes home and begins to prepare to make things right in the house. Honey, love you. Want us to be together. We need to make some adjustments. Are we going to be together or not? If we are, we need to make plans for that. Because how I'm living now is inconsistent with the Word of God. And I have been preferred, chosen, called, selected by God to be holy. I know you can get another woman, but if you're going to get this woman, we have to make some adjustments. Watch this. God gives that couple the grace. They still live in the same house, but God gives them the grace to get things straightened out. If, if five years passed and it's not straightened out, that's not holy. Ten years pass, it hasn't been straightened out, it's not holy. If another two years pass, it's not holy. Sisters, I love you as your pastor, but, but I have to be true to my calling. And I've been called to tell you what God says and not necessarily what you want to hear. Speaking the truth to you and keeping you happy may not always be consistent. I have to tell you what God says. It's inappropriate. You have to fix that. Now, holiness, grab my, uh, my illustration for me. Holiness takes time. Everybody say time. time. I, I know people think that you can be holy overnight. But you're not holy overnight. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26, please. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 as I prepare to close this segment of the teaching. Ephesians chapter 5. Put it somewhere, Elder, where everybody can see it. I don't know where they can see it. But maybe put it down here or something like that. Maybe all the way over to the corner. Can everybody see that? Okay. Somebody get me a higher table. Get me a higher table. Quick. Quick. In the meantime, turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 26. Everybody say holiness, holiness. Takes, time. takes time. I was growing up in the Pentecostal church growing up. I'm, I'm a Pentecostal boy. I'm not non-denominational. I don't believe in... But anyway, anyway, um, I used to be a Pentecostal boy. Uh, and when I first got saved, uh, what I was led to believe is the moment you got saved if you took off certain things and put on certain things you were holy and, and, and you could be holy you could be unholy the first week you got saved but by the time you walked through the doors the following week you were not holy because you took off your pants you know and you took off your earrings and you took off your makeup and you took off all of that stuff and I can go further than that I can go way back to my, mom, my mother's days. My mother's now 75 years old. But back in her day, holy means you can't press your hair. 
You perm your hair, sister. You're going straight to hell. I can go way back. I can go way, way back. I can go all the way back. I can go back to the days where you couldn't even wear a brooch to church. You wear a brooch, that's jewelry. You're going to hell for that. I can go way back. I can go far back. I, I, I can go so far back that they used to tell us if you wear sideburns, you're not even holy. Holy men cut their sideburns short. I can go further than that. They used to tell us holy men shave their mustache. You couldn't even be holy and have a mustache like your pastor had. I can go deeper than that. Somebody said, Pastor, how deep does this thing go? Very deep. Very deep. It goes real deep. I can take you all the way back to the days where if you wore a gold belt buckle, like I got on right now, you weren't saved because you, you, you're blinging in the house of God. And jewelry was not permitted. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, so in essence, when, when we applied that kind of legalistic mentality to the people who made Christ the Lord of their life, what ended up happening is they left the church house one week unholy according to their standard. And if they came at the following week and all of that was in order, you were now holy. But I learned over the years that holiness takes time. Set this up quickly. Put this up real quick. What do you got? Right there? Don't make any difference. Put it up for me. Touch your neighbor and tell them holiness takes time. Point four. Did I give you point four? What did I say? A consistent diet of the word of God. So that means as I walk on in my walk of faith with God and I continue to feed my spirit the word of God, the word of God cleans me up over time. The reason why some people do not read their Bibles is because they don't want to be holy. Because the word is going to convict them of fornication and adultery. Everybody say the word. The word. The word. The word. The word. Can you all see this table over there? Come take this table and bring it down front for me. Bring it down front. I want the whole church to see this. Everybody say holiness. holiness. Everybody say it takes time. It takes time. Touch your neighbor and tell him it takes time to be holy. It holy. Yeah, it takes time to be holy. Bring it right down front. That's good. Can all of you see that? You're going to have to stand up now. I'm out of options now. <clears throat> A consistent diet, that's good, thank you. A consistent diet of the word of God purifies the soul. A consistent diet of the word of God purifies the soul. Not necessary. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways but by the word of God? Not a bad idea, but they might tilt the table. I want you to see this pitcher of water. I have a glass in a bowl with a pitcher of water. This glass has red Kool-Aid in it, which represents your life and the sin in it. See that? This is your life with sin in it. This is how we all come to Jesus. 
with sin. But as you begin to apply the Word of God to your life, can you see that? As I continue to apply God's Word to my life, it didn't happen overnight now. I'm applying Word, but guess what? I still have some sin issues, don't I? Yeah. This is when the devil comes along and he wants to convince you to give up. Quit church, it's not working. But if you continue to stay in the race and apply God's word, and you apply God's word and apply it and apply it and apply it and apply it and apply God's word to your life over time the purification process takes place and God purifies your life through a consistent diet of the word of God wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways or cleanse her ways but by taking what heed to the word of God the word of God will purify and clean up your life give God a praise if you understand what I'm saying if you'd like to order this series in its entirety please contact us at 718-272-8277 once again that number is 718 718- 272-8277 or visit our website at clccministries.com